0: Uh, it's a Tuesday, it's B-Side Stories time, we're talking to the people that make Wellington tick, and this evening uh, we've got a very special guest, Vivian Lingdor. Kia,
1: Kia ora. namaste. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It is Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. has <laughs> been a busy week already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it can be hard to just... I don't know, keep on keeping on, but... um, I know, I know. (laughs) We're getting getting there. Thanks so much for
1: having me today
0: as well. Yeah, well, it's it's lovely to have you. Um, Could you maybe give us a bit of a background or however you'd like to introduce yourself to (laughs) our audience? Sure.
1: So I'm Vivian. Um, I'm the current co-chair of Wellington Pride Festival. Um, So I'm also an ethnic um, migrant um, of Indian descent. I moved here, but I guess his history history behind me. I moved mm. here when I was nineteen. Um, so I'm thirty now. So about eleven years ago. Um, and my entire family is based back in India. So mm. I'm the only one here. But um, I guess my my role within Wellington would be um, co-chair of Wellington Pride Festival.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. So you moved from India to Wellington.
1: I moved to Queenstown. Mm. I know it's. <laughs> It was a weird transition, to be honest, because in India, I guess in my family in itself, um, a, a small family gathering would be about 100 to 150 people. So mm. moving to Queenstown, there's only 20,000 people there, um, was quite a huge um, shock to my system. But then I moved to Wellington um, when I was 23, so about seven years ago, um, to work up here.
0: Mm. Yeah, Great. And you feel like you've kind of gotten to know the city
1: yeah i love it it's it's home to me you know um it's i I create a good base for myself here i've got good work um you know i'm very connected to the communities that i am connected to um so and good friends as well and i i I couldn't complain (laughs) much (laughs) about my social network and my community involvement um definitely love wellington um in comparison to other parts of, of Aotearoa, but I think mm. <laughs> it's controversial, me being a Wellingtonian, so I'll always advocate for a Wellington city.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's nice to hear. I think, I think most Wellingtonians are pretty passionate about the city. Yeah. You know, there are some things which aren't super flash, but um, there's so many good things. Yeah, absolutely. So much yeah. to love. <laughs> you talked a little bit about the communities you're connected to. Can you can you maybe talk a bit about the pride community in Wellington?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, I came out about twenty three um, when I when I moved to Wellington. I think I I was connected to a couple of my friends um, who are really good friends of mine now. At the age of twenty two, when I moved, uh, when I visited Wellington with a friend. Um, and being from India, I guess, um, the proximity or the access to queer stories in itself or to queer people is very limited, um, coming from particularly my part of town, um, which is the northeast of India, um, it it was quite limiting or it's, it, it's quite discriminatory towards queer people. So the access to queer, like I said, queer people in stories when I was back at home was in a f- in a way, it's always discriminatory, you know, towards these mm. towards our peoples. So when I moved here and got access to wonderful friends and family, uh, friends who, and chosen family now uh, from rainbow communities, um, it gave me the the hope um, and the, the strength and the courage to come out and and be myself fully. Um, um, and that was the best present I could give myself. Um, and since then, I guess um, I've particularly in the past couple of years as i come more and more comfort or in my own body and my own shell as a queer human being um i decided to step up um when the um, role for um chair became available for one pride festival mm. uh, at first I was quite hesitant because of the representation it had and visibility it had um particularly being a queer migrant of Indian descent and, uh, you know, a very visible brown person um, of such a prestigious role, I would say. But um, I think the one internal dialogue I had with myself when the role was presented to me was, um, you know, um, representation matters and visibility matters. And if I had to look back at 12-year-old Vivian, um, I would have loved to see someone of strength and courage, um, you know, in in my hometown. And so it was almost a gift to myself as a young kid. Um, (laughs) So when I accepted the role as chair, particularly for 2021, Um, and then obviously 2022, we're heading in in a co-chair capacity, which is also amazing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's how I got involved at Wellington Pride. Um, And we threw one of the biggest festivals in Te Whanganui, Atara, as of late.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's such a beautiful way to think about it—a uh, a gift to yourself, and and you know, I guess, being the change you want to see, yeah, becoming visible to others.
1: Correct, yeah.
0: Did you sort of come straight into um, the Pride Festival as chair? W- were you involved in a, a previous capacity?
1: No, I was never involved in in Pride festivals. Um, At all. I never actually even attended Pride festivals, to be honest. I think in itself I found um, Pride festivals quite Eurocentric, even in its way of celebration, even in its way of um, representation in boards. Um, I thought um, it was a very Western way of representing and Western way or Eurocentric way of celebration when within our own communities, in rainbow communities, there are an exceptional amount of people who are still marginalised, whether you're you're a brown person, or a BIPOC person, or whether you're a trans person, or of the like. Um, So I never got involved in Pride festivals, and I was very hesitant. And that came back to me questioning um, when I got presented that role. that if I don't do it, then who else will? <laughs> um, and it's been a, quite a learning experience, and hearing other people who might see similarity in my um, being, being so inspired, um, just shows that you do create pathways um, if if given the opportunity to represent, which is quite limited sometimes, for marginalized the marginalized peoples. Um, mm. But I wouldn't trade it any other way now because it's been such a humbling and... Um, Humbling and um, you know, powerful, motivating part of my life. Um, so that's how I got involved with pride, I guess. <laughs> just push, push, putting myself in a position. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess one of a very, um, uh, you know, the, almost like a top notch position, I would say.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, you use the term bipoc. Yeah. I, I have a feeling most listeners know what that means. Yeah. Um, but just to be clear, it's sure blank.
1: Um, Black, brown, indigenous, people of color. So that intersect in itself, just intersections in itself.
0: Mm. Uh, You were talking about sort of the marginalized of Mm. of the marginalized, and I'm uh, maybe fairly naive to um, some of the aspects of the queer community, but one thing I was a little aware of, and you kind of talked about um, pride perhaps in some ways being quite Mm. Uh, Western-centric. I at some point had the perspective that maybe you know uh white queer males had had (laughs) had, you know that they'd done it that that got pride and and that was it and perhaps to the exclusion of other aspects of the rainbow community that might still be um fighting their own having their own struggles correct yeah And, and so that's uh areas that you're interested in
1: yeah i think at the end of the day um the power structures in itself do cater to a certain people, whether you're white, male, able-bodied, you know, cis, all of that. Um, And we have to understand our own privileges as to where we stand within those intersections. Um, And we tend to to forget once we've got to the finish line (laughs) for certain peoples, we kind of like tend to forget the other people behind who are still trying to get there. So I know my privileges as a... Human being i know what they are but um i also have to use this privileges to really um hopefully bring in people into the same to, to bring in people into the same forefront i guess and to, to get or to fight not even f- to fight for them um, um, to ensure that the voices are heard um, and sometimes just to pass on the, the mic as well you know, <laughs> you mm. know be in every platform um, when i get approached other rainbow or rainbow boards or rainbow committees, I make sure that I'm not the only voice all the time in that. Um, sometimes it, it just means maybe there is someone else who needs to be there uh, and understanding your privilege that you know be in every board or committee mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. Um, hopefully that answers your question. I went very proud oh. about answering <laughs> that. <laughs> no,
0: no, absolutely. And I think, uh, yeah. Okay. That perspective, I think, of of being open to listening, mm. um, yeah, opening the space, being aware of your own privilege is is, is really valuable in like everyone's life. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, maybe there are some people that need to be more aware of that than others. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm and I'm speaking of it as a, a white cis, straight man, so yeah. Um, but that's great to hear that that someone in a, a, a as, as you've said, sort of a prestigious yeah chair uh position is is aware of uh their own yeah privilege yeah. and and maybe limitations in different areas mm, 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 mm. um you mentioned earlier the role of co chair yeah as well and um we had talked about that person maybe coming on board uh yeah to speak yeah. today
1: unfortunately uh, <laughs> they couldn't come today um um, but yes, so this year, the chair position itself, because it is voluntary, the, the entire committee, mm. the Pride committee, it is voluntary capacity. You know, you, you've all got um, full-time jobs or part-time jobs or having other voluntary positions as well across um, other committees or community organizations. Um, I think the I was warned, forewarned <laughs> by previous chairs to look at a co-chair position for last year. Um, <clears throat> but we couldn't find or um, I think it was quite limited on time to find co-chair but um this year we decided to as a committee to advertise for a co-chair position and an amazing um person named talia uh martin um has come to to become co-chair unanimously voted Mm -hmm. on sunday at the agm um they're gonna be amazing they've got great governance structure Mm -hmm. you know they've, they've just come with this amazing um spirit of inspiration and spirit of um you know challenging the systems and and I cannot speak on behalf of them, but I'm always um, inspired when I talk to them. And I'm very um, lucky and I'm very privileged to be sharing a position with them um, where they'll not only challenge me, um, but challenge a lot of conversations that need to happen um, for for remote communities. Yeah.
0: So the Wellington Pride Festival yep. uh, took place this year. It was did. it in, in March? March? Yeah. Yeah. How was that?
1: Um, I <laughs> I absolutely loved it you know there was a lot of tears leading up to it because it is an incredible amount of hard work the committee mm. puts in and the community as well um, we, we we introduced a lot of initiatives and a lot of new events like Hitangata at the Opera House which sold out about a thousand tickets you know and that was the first opening proper opening gala show that we had um, centered in Takata mm. um, stories and um, so that was amazing, and then we doubled the capacity for the Youth Pride uh, Gala um, from 250 to 450 this year. Um, we extended another week for um, for Rangatahi as well, um, and then we had Maikafara Centre for Outland City, about 10,000 people came through, um, so a lot of introductions, wow. and then plus the community held about you know 70-plus-odd events across the two weeks, um, so a lot of introductions this year we had a lot of celebrations um which and I'm, I'm very um inspired by all of them um but also with it come a lot of learning opportunities i guess uh, mm-hmm. as being first year as a new committee as well um but without learning to uh, without opportunities to learn um, what's the point really <laughs> um but i think next year we're gonna go um learn from those and uh, create even more spaces and um, I'm very excited for next year. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for the communities and mm. the communities are very excited as well.
0: It sounds like there's a really big range of events. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and so many people involved. Mm. How big is the committee and do and, you know maybe, <laughs> maybe how big the, you know, the people involved? Or how, how large is that group organizing? Oh.
1: <laughs> I think this year for the new committee we'll have about, 14 of us Mm -hmm. um yeah so and that's been because we've introduced co-chair positions or we've introduced you know assistant um um positions um within the committee um and realizing that this is an incredible amount of workload so the more people we can bring in to assist or to guide us will be amazing you know and share that workload um uh, as we get into the the finishing line, which is normally in March, we're all a bit tired. So we have to ensure that the more people we can get who are capable of doing the, the work could be amazing to, to in order to deliver a successful um, festival. And the community organizations, which are in Wellington in itself, um, the leaders within those um, community organizations are always so supportive um, when they see the vision and the dream of what a good festival could look like, um, yeah. So I think we're we're very well supported by the community um, in itself and the community organisations as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> hmm.
0: If if people are listening and would like to get involved uh, yeah. or, or volunteer, how could they do that?
1: Um, I guess they could just go to the website and just email the um, the, the email that's present there. Um, normally, it's usually um when we get to the finish line, which is um uh, when we need the most help when it comes mm. to volunteers. Um or if they would like to we you know if they would like to volunteer with other event holders within the two week festival, um just get in touch with us and we can link them up with other community event holders as well. Um or if they would like to hold an event, that'll be amazing. <laughs> mm. Um yeah, sure you what you yeah, show us what you're all about and what you want to create.
0: Yeah, it feels like a really um representative festival in the in terms of am I right that maybe if, if you have an idea for an event that, yeah. that represents you, yeah then you yeah. could bring that forward.
1: I think it's definitely important to represent many communities within the within the festival. Um and the more representation we can have, the more good representation we we can have the better, you know, for the festival to because in itself, I guess, even though being queer or, um, really connects us on that commonality, but the intersects between the intersections between the Rima communities are so different from each other as well. Um, so the more we can have access to different parts of our communities and able to really um, hone in on conversation, um, and access to those conversations would be quite amazing and powerful. Um, um, there was a few events that happened this year, um, which there you know, was a, a refugee, asylum seeker, a new migrant um, um, panel discussion that happened mm. as well this year. And it was just amazing to see people from, who are Rainbow, who are part of our communities from those particular intersections and hearing the stories is just absolutely, absolutely powerful and inspirational.
0: Mm. Yeah. You sort of talked at the start a little bit about how you are uh, an ethnic migrant to New Zealand a, a, within the queer community. Yeah. Uh, like Growing up in India, did you, did you know you were queer at, at a younger age?
1: Yeah, I think everyone knows they're queer at a younger <laughs> age. I think um, access to words, I might not have to describe myself as to what it is, you know, or who I was, but I knew I was definitely different. I knew I was uh, attracted to you know, to the same, um, to the people I was attracted to. Um, But because we don't have education access to really describe um, what being queer was and the only education or the only access to education was the church, you know, which most of the time we all know, unfortunately, it's uh, it's not very kind to Rainbow Communities. Um, And I went to the church, you know, um, I was, I i was a christian and all of that and um it was brutal to hear you know about that you were uh, not accepted by it um so yeah I, i think i always knew but i didn't just have the words to describe who i was until i i moved here you know until i moved here and then really got really got to get that access to words and access to people even though i did have queer friends back in india i think all of us are just struggling to to find the right um the right words and the right education um to tell us that we are okay (laughs) we Mm. should be accepted um but the only um access we've got was all discriminatory so it really affected us i would say Mm. in India but I think I hope, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure hope it will change it's taking it, its very slow pace mm-hmm. um, and India it's one of the only countries that allows you know um, same-sex relations to exist um, <coughs> at this stage um, but <laughs> yeah there's a lot more work to be done
0: yeah and then I guess something you've said before a big part of it is sort of being visible as well correct showing that um, people that Look like you belong,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. it is um in any I guess even be, beyond our own communities in any community the more it, if you if you've got um an opportunity to exist at the table, <laughs> um which for most of us is very rare um it is important to for me personally, it is important to grab that opportunity um and then create pathways accordingly. And make sure that um, I really have good friends that humble me and ensure me that I'm heading on the right pathway um, and ensuring that we bring people along that so that that we're not um, catering to power structures again, Um, but instead slowly dismantling how things should not be done um, Mm. uh, and how things should be done, sorry. Um, Yeah, and creating continuity for our communities. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> great. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. It, it's great to hear um, your perspective, especially in a, a chair role. Yeah, thank you. A- about what you'll be, just what you're thinking about, and what you might be bringing mm-hmm. to, to Pride in the future.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs>
0: um, maybe just finally. Sure. Uh, this is a, a voluntary position, quite an amazing one. Um, in your in your day job, you do some work with. Uh, the office of ethnic <laughs> affairs yeah correct. soon to be
1: the ministry yeah
0: yeah that sounds like a pretty major change
1: yeah yeah it's exciting you know it's exciting change for for you know we, we represent the ethnic communities in general um in our represent about 20 percent of the population um so having a ministry would be amazing um first of all. I think that's happening next week so we're very excited, we're very busy. Um, so I started the role about three months ago so I'm a project advisor there um, and one of the main projects I'm involved in it's, it's for the Ethnic Communities Graduate Programme. Um, it is an initiative that came out of the Royal Commission of Inquiry to the the attacks to um, I guess to address low representation of ethnic peoples within the public sector so i'm i'm in um in that department of there's only about two or three of us um Mm. uh, who are um, implementing um that program um at this stage and it, it is exciting some of these graduates coming through and i've been very privy to conversation with them it's just inspirational Their stories are just beyond inspirational they're so young and have done so much with their lives you know and they've been through so much um and i'm very privileged to be in a position where I have access to stories like that and all of them just want to create a better world and it's it's just awesome it's awesome to see young people do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah well uh thank you so much for coming on the show this evening thank you uh Vivian Lindor Chair of Wellington Pride uh doing some great stuff
1: (laughs) awesome thank you so much